What up, everybody? Welcome to the Bourbon Buzzed and Ballin' Podcast. We are your hosts, Colby and Dutt, and this is our podcast where we like to talk all things sports and drink bourbon. And, dude, we got a lot to talk about a tonight. Lot, a lot of things going on. We need to we need to just dive right in. Let's do it. Let's and, dive. And as, as always, we like to start with our opening toast. So I'm going to kick it off yep. with, with a real hero. And yep. this, this happened in your neck of the woods, yeah. Your old stomping ground. So. It did. So Peyton Hillis used to used to be a running back. Uh, well, kind of a running back slash fullback. Well, he was built like a fullback, yeah. but he had he athleticism. Like an a guard. <laughs> athleticism like a uh, like a tailback. Right. So he he went to University of Arkansas. Right. Played for a few pro teams. I know he started with Cleveland. I know he was with my Giants for a little bit. Was on the cover of Madden because he had such a hell of a season yep. that one year in Cleveland. Oh yeah. Uh, so anyway, this 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 kid, I say kid, he's <laughs> right. I, at my age, everybody's a kid. But anyway, you a geezer. <laughs> <laughs> so Peyton Hillis was with his family down in Pensacola. They were at the beach, and his kids get sucked under, and he goes in, saves their lives. Uh, saved a couple of other adults. I don't know if it was part of his extended family or just other people that were at the beach that day. But anyway, he saved about four lives that day. <clears throat> but then he struggled. Right. And he had to be airlifted out of there. He he had to, you know, be resuscitated. He still is in critical condition. Uh, he's got uh, kidney and lung issues hmm. right now. They say he's improving. <clears throat> But he's he's not in the clear yet, so you know, to, for somebody that that will put the lives, obviously we're gonna put our our kids' lives ahead of us, sure, but absolutely. then also a couple other adults. I mean, that's that's a hero. He didn't he he went right in there to save those other people. So Peyton Hillis is is a hero. Yeah. I hope I hope he comes through, but he's. One of my opening toasts. That's a good toast. Any any update on his? Well, that, that, the, as of the day, it said that that he's still in critical condition, and that yeah, it's his lungs and his kidneys, and that he is showing progress though. That's so, good. so hopefully he's gonna come through. Peyton come through this, uh, and then I've got one other uh, opening toast I like to make, and that's to the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin. Yeah, Mike. He has been the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers for 16 years and has never once had a losing season. Mm. And that's that's something. I, that's I, that's not a stat. I mean, that's not a stat most people I, yeah, you I, don't I, hear I, that talk about. I didn't a lot. go back and and do any kind of research to see how that stacks up against, you know, any other coach, but in my lifetime, I I can't remember any coach doing that. No, I mean I think the Steelers have always been a uh, a contender. Well, and and this year, you would have thought. I think we we I said think it. preseason we said this is going to be his yeah. first losing season. He proved us wrong. Mm-hmm. You know he came he came back. I think I think he won his. I don't I, I don't I don't want to quote it because I didn't, didn't right. do that research. But he wound up nine and eight, and almost, with a rookie quarterback, almost made his way to the playoffs. You know yeah. if the Dolphins lose right. to the Jets. They're in the playoffs. That's it. So he was one other team's loss away from beating the playoffs this year. So he is one hell of a coach. No yes, yes, he did take over for Bill Cower, and he was 
in a good situation when he took over. But still, 16 years without one single losing season? No, nah, I mean, he's still – That's impressive. He's still proof that a uh, non-offensive-minded quarterback – I mean, coach. <laughs> excuse me, wasn't a quarterback. A non-offensive-minded coach – yeah. Can can succeed and thrive in today's NFL. Right, right. And he started with Mitch Trubisky and a rookie, you know, and a rookie that a lot of people didn't really believe in as, as being a legit NFL quarterback. Hmm. Really? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I think there were some doubts on – On Pickett. On Pickett. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I kind of always thought out of the draft class, Pickett had a chance to be – Oh, I didn't say that was our opinion. No, I know, right, right. No, but given the given the situations he's he's in, I think that's a perfect yeah. team for Pickett. I mean, he well, just I think looks we, I think, perfect. I think we said it. we also Najee said Najee Harris, that. he's perfect. He's a. I said it this weekend watching him run. He's the epitome of what I think of a Pittsburgh running back. Did you see what he did to Miles Garrett? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then uh, D. Henry on his stiff oh, arm. Oh, that was beautiful. Another another victim to the. To the list. All right, so uh, Peyton and, and Tomlin are, are who I've got for my toast. Who do you have for those your are, toast? Those are good toasts. I think um, I think the Bourbon Buzz and Ballin' podcast would be remiss if we didn't toast the University of Georgia Bulldogs. That's right, Kirby Stetson. Yep. I'm, well, now yeah. that was a ass whooping. That was embarrassing. You know, that was the the largest margin of victory, not only in a championship right. game, but in, in a, any bowl game. Yeah. TCU, man, I kind of laughable because because you were you were doubted getting into this national championship and then you you flopped in yeah. the national championship. So there's obviously a lot of doubters out there, but we'll get into that in the yeah, college well, yeah, side. We, I, yeah. I do want to toast Kirby because obviously nine years under Saban, and this is not about Alabama, but I'm giving Kirby the credit because I actually like Kirby and respect Kirby. Because he gave nine loyal oh, yeah, years to yeah. the University of Alabama, yeah. I'm not saying he learned his craft there because he obviously was. A, yeah, I think he was part of four at Bama, right? And, and then Bama was won two without him, and then that's, he just won his second yeah. on his own with Georgia. So yeah. yeah, and Stetson Bennett. I mean, how can you not get behind Stetson I mean, Bennett? I mean, somebody's gonna make a movie one of the you know yeah, it's, in it's, the future. All right, well, yep. <clears throat> before we go on, oh. I want to ask you a question. You, right. you mentioned Stetson Bennett. I was going to save this for the college segment, but we might as well talk about it now. What do you see as his pro potential? <laughs> well, let me erase that from my question for you then. <laughs> well, I'll answer it too. But I had uh, it. I look, any what? Oh, okay. So this is funny. We, my uh, my girlfriend and I had this conversation last night. She's that? she's a very sharp in sports, so we have a lot of conversations, but. In this particular one, we were talking about Stetson's draft potential. And mm -hmm. prior to the to the game last night, I said he's definitely going to get some looks, but I see him being an undrafted free agent. But then after last night, I mean, he threw some he threw he's some dimes. He's, he's, he's and, pretty accurate. But his but his ball was tight. Yeah. Now he threw to a lot of open dudes. He you know, did. He it did. was it was it was. It was dogs against puppies last night. <laughs> so he threw to a lot of open dudes. So I don't want to give him a whole lot of pats right, on the right. back. But last night I think he – I mean, if Brock Purdy yep. is going to be Mr. Irrelevant. That's a good comp. Then I, I personally, as a GM, 
he would be on my list as a late round steal. Late, yeah, late round or a priority. Yeah, non drafted. Yeah. Here's here's the way I looked at it. I got his floor as Taylor Heineke. I think he could be just as good as Taylor Heineke. I got his ceiling as Kirk Cousins. You know, Kirk came in kind of under the radar, kind of a fourth round. Right. He was he was the second quarterback the Redskins took back when they were the Redskins. Yeah. And he, you he know, because they took RG three in the first round. Multi efficient quarterback. And, without you know, all he's the not super flashy. He doesn't have those measurables. And Stetson's you know, going to have some measurables well, when he Brock, runs. I mean, uh, I said Brock Stetson. Oh, he. He's, we'll he's way faster than people think he yeah. is. He's about, and his build is about the same size as Bryce Young, who right. they're talking about as possibly going number one overall. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I I never really saw Stetson as as a pro quarterback, but he's he's changed my opinion in today's in today's NFL. You put him in the right situation. Yeah, it's like like you said. I, I'm glad you brought up Brock Purdy. Yeah, because Brock Purdy is in the perfect situation for Mr. Irrelevant to succeed. Yeah. And if you I, – I, you could plug and play Stetson, swap him out with Brock Purdy right now, and I don't think it changes San Francisco one bit. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that was an excellent comp. That well, you, thank you. That you I, said. Like, uh, I like Stetson's immeasurables. Yeah. I like the fact that he's just – He's got. He's, he's got just that. A, he's a. He's a warrior. He's Last got that night, Baker said, Mayfield's moxie. Yeah, yeah, he said he wanted. He wanted the Georgia faithful to remember him as just being tough. Oh yeah, and that's how <laughs> I view him as tough. Another thing that was circling the the internet this afternoon. So Georgia had their post championship press conference this morning, <laughs> with Stetson called in. Yeah, I'm not going to make it. So Brock Purdy, I mean, not Brock Purdy, Brock Bowers, Brock, oh yeah, had to take his place. <laughs> so rumor has it Stetson was out partying all night long because smoking cigars. Because Stetson's a he's a cigar smoker, bourbon fan. We, we yeah. need to we we need to get him hooked on some bourbon buzzed and balling. That would be nice. He would fit right in. That'd be a hell of but, a guest. Because uh, even Kirby was like, I got to make sure Stetson doesn't get into that pappy. <laughs> Uh, so I'm sure he's going to have an unlimited supply of oh, pappy yeah, yeah. So, for the rest of his life. So that's the that's that's the rumor. Oh, one more thing I wanted to bring up about that national. Well, championship. we better we better well, raise. We want to raise this, a toast. This is still this is still part of my opening toast. Okay. Here, did you listen to the national anthem? Yeah, yeah. Pentatonix. Yeah. They, they, they are talented. I wasn't as blown away Man, by it. I was, was that was one of the best national anthems I have ever seen. I guess I'm a purist. I'm a purist on the national anthem. Um I don't like a lot of runoffs, what whatever they call those and I don't know. I'm a purist on that. I can recognize the talent, obviously. Yeah. I mean, there, that was all acapella. I'm, all that. Well, there was no that's instruments. What, that's what they're known for. I'm a, I, obviously, I'm a Pentatonix fan, during, especially during Christmas season when, yeah. when they're doing all that Christmas music, too. So. See, and that's another thing. I'm just like, I'm a purist when it comes to give me Burl Ives <laughs> all day long. <laughs> give me some Burl Ives. Give me some Nat King Cole. And my mom's going to love this. Give me some Johnny Mathis when yeah. it comes to Christmas, but at any rate, yeah, um, no, I, yeah, I, no, I, was, I recognize. I was the blown, talent. I was blown That's away cool. by how talented that group is. So, well, Georgia Bulldogs, congratulations! 
We're going to discuss. We're coming for y'all next year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we coming. We coming. We're going to discuss where you're at in terms of uh, the hierarchy in college football. But I uh, definitely raise my glass and toast yep. you. and Peyton Hillis. Peyton Hillis. Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. Peyton. Great coach. Peyton. Peyton. Get, get better. Yeah, we're praying for you, Peyton. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> I didn't know if we were supposed we to We usually clank. don't clank until the end of the show, but that's it. You know, we do what we want to do around here. I snuck one on you today. Mm. I snuck some chicken cock. <laughs> I know you I know you probably didn't want to turn loose of some of it, but I snuck some chicken cock on you. Now, funny funny thing. Uh, so I I went to the old Forster rack and grabbed a you know, I knew we were doing a lower proof uh, mictor tonight when we when we get over there to rate that shit. So I didn't want to, you know, first I grabbed Paragon and it's it's barrel strength. And I was like, nah, <laughs> I don't want anything barrel strength. So I walked over to the old Foresters and I grabbed the original batch. Hmm. And uh, it's because it was only 90 proof. And right. I was like, let me do that. And I poured it and uh, took a sip and I was like, because I thought we had rated all the old, old Foresters a three or a four. And uh, no, the, I think I think the nineteen twenty. Well, this, no, this was this the was, eighteen. It's either eighteen seventy or eighteen ninety seven. It's the original. Do, I need to learn all the models. The yeah, makes models I think it's the eighteen seventy. And uh, it was a mixer for I, you. Yeah. Well, so I went back in my notes because I've got a list, a running list of all the ones we've rated, and damn sure it was a two. Because hmm. I was drinking and I was like. Damn, if we rated this a three, it's a two for me now. Well, it's, it's still still good that and your taste test is still exactly. So on I, sc- that. I scrolled down, and sure enough, it was a damn two. So I yeah, was, I, I remember one being a two, but I you know it was, for me, it was that original batch. For me, Old Forester is prohibition style. To me, yeah. I know, and of course, I like a statesman. Prohibition style yeah. is my favorite, but uh, so actually, so anyway, is, so so this so is I, a mix. No, I changed. I, I went ahead. I did. I wound up throwing a, a, a rock on that. And, oh, I thought and, you was gonna say I wound no, up throwing no, no. it away. No, I, I drank. Like, I drank it with dinner. Thought I was fixing to have to bitch slap. No, no I Wait, drank. am I allowed to say that? <laughs> Probably <laughs> I was not. Gonna have to slap you across the face. I threw it away. You so, it away. so anyway, I I drank that with dinner. Threw a rock in there to kind of change the flavor a little bit, and uh, so now with for tonight I'm drinking. Oh, the Bib and Tucker that we rated last week. Oh yeah. So. That one rated out really well. Yeah, yeah, we we did we liked that. We rated it a three. It's yeah, ninety two proof. We so. were a three. We could have gone higher, a three point something right. on that yeah, one. Yeah, that it, one was, it was good. A good one. It was good. So that's that's what I'm sipping on tonight. Sweet. All right, let's dive. Let's, let's dive. Let's, let's go into the scumbag. I'll let you start. Yeah, yeah. I, I gave Georgia the, the opening toast. Yeah, you open with Georgia. Yep, and I'm gonna scumbag you to Georgia. Scumbag them also. How you how you gonna scumbag and toast? Georgia. Well, okay. Must be a little twist in there. There's a twist. This is how. Because Georgia's rise to get to that level, to get to that Bama level, you gotta you gotta recruit some dogs. (laughs) You got to have some dogs to get there. I see where this is going now. And when you recruit some dogs, you recruit that edge, you recruit that fire, and and I know the, the whole world that watches our podcast knows what I'm going to talk about now, Mr. Quay Walker. Mm. After the week we had, yeah, given, Damar. given Damar's issue, 
and the the great service Damar, the medical treatment Damar got on the field by the by the medical staff who um, was recognized before the game. Yeah, exactly. Quay Walker gets the dude. This. Dude just puts his hand on him to like move him to the side so he could get to the injured player, and Clay yeah. Walker just shoves, shoves him the, in the dude, back. and and so that's bad enough. I mean, I don't, I'm not even gonna give him any kind of leniency mm-hmm. on that because you just don't turn and just shove a dude. Nah. And then Devonte Wyatt rolls in off of that, and I don't know if many people noticed. I knew immediately yeah, I who too. he was. I, and I noticed it immediately yeah, when he did it. Because I, when I saw that last name, I was like, damn it, that's a Georgia lineman. Both of them first but, round. Yeah, first, first round draft picks exactly. for the, for the Packers. Like, so he rolls in and, and gets in the dude's face. Well, like, no, no. First he, like, he, he like yeah, shoulders, shoulders him, him in the back. And then when that guy turns around, he kind of right. stares at him like, what you going to do? And then, they, and then all the video clips kind of cut out at that point. Well, like, and see, you, what, see a long and, and Wyatt didn't catch in the hell that he should have. I, I mean, know, he, right? he should have been ejected also, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're interfering. And like you said, coming off of what just happened in Buff, with, with Buffalo player, in Cincinnati, you're going to interfere with a trainer's ability to get – and you know who the player on the ground they were trying to get to? A Georgia player. Swift. Yeah. <laughs> and you know who hit him? <laughs> a Bama player. Jaron Reed Jaren took Reed. a little shot at him. Now, I know some Georgia fans have been talking about that elbow or right. forearm by Jaron Reed, but it's, it's interesting. I mean, that's, that's, my, that's my scumbag, Georgia – well, you, you earned, know, there you was, there was another kind of disgusting act with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Highsmith. He did a sack and laid on the ground. One of his teammates come over and started doing CPR oh, I didn't on see him. That. And it, it was, they've been doing it in the past. Oh, okay. So it was kind of – they didn't really think about what they were doing. And he Ooh. he had a big apology afterwards. Um and Looked insensitive as hell. Yeah, it was not a good look, uh, but uh, it, it definitely wasn't planned or thought out. <laughs> obviously, um, so I didn't list them. But I, yeah, I definitely. Oh, and you know, Quay Walker. That's the second time he's done yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got he's got some issues. Speaking of the Buffalo Bills, it was against yeah. Buffalo. Yeah, he's got some issues. He makes a tackle on the sideline. Somebody. On the Buffalo sideline, I don't know if it was a player that wasn't dressed, a coach, a trainer, you know, somebody affiliated with the Bills. He, he helps Quay up off the ground. Yeah. And Quay turns around and shows Shut him. Up. He likes to show people. <laughs> he likes to show. Come on, Quay. So, yeah. No, I agree. I definitely agree. I, I watched that. I was watching that game, right. obviously, the Sunday night game, uh, you know, it wasn't – I was hoping that it was going to be a winner-takes-all game. Right. It didn't turn out to be that way. But it was still a very important game for the playoffs, and we'll get into that in a second before we – you know, after we close up the scumbag. But one more scumbag I wanted to mention was Mr. Dana White mm. and the UFC. Because on New Year's Eve, he's out partying with his wife. There's a lot of drinking involved, which is no excuse. And – he lays hands on her, uh, you know, slaps her, which you never lay hands on a woman. And the UFC still has not come out and said anything about it. 
no suspension, no firing. You know, hats off to the University of Texas because they fired Beard. Right, right. For for basically doing the same thing. And well, you, how, how the does UFC fire the owner? Well, he's not an owner. Oh, I thought he was. I thought he owned. It. Yeah, and, and maybe I don't. Follow I mean, I'm UFC, sure he's. I'm so sure. He, I'm sure he's a. He's got some ownership in it, but I mean, something needs to be done from a PR standpoint, if nothing else. But yeah, I mean, Dana White, you you don't put hands on a woman, so. Nah. Yeah, we got some good scumbags this week. Like we said in the past, there. I mean, I knew immediately Quay Walker was going to be mine and <laughs> oh, Devontae yeah. Wyatt, but, you know, they're not hard to find. They usually find us. Right, absolutely. Yes. All right, well, we, we started talking about yeah. the, the NFL playoffs, and, you know, I, I mentioned that the uh, Lions-Packers game on Sunday night had big uh, implications on, on the playoffs. <clears throat> So, earlier in the day, Seattle beat the Rams. Right. So, Seattle's sitting there. The Lions win. Seattle's in. The Packers win. The Packers are in. And it it was a a great game. Hats off to Dan Campbell. I don't know if you saw at the end of the game. I did. Where it was second and one. The Packers jump off sides. He declines the penalty. It would have been an automatic first down. He declines the penalty so he can run. You know, it's still going to be second and one or third and one, whatever it was. So rather than take the penalty and go to first down, he leaves it where he can run another play and eat up more clock mm. and make make uh, Green Bay use up another their timeouts. Time yeah. So I just thought that was impressive. You know, I'd never seen that before in a game. And. That was impressive clock management by by Dan Campbell. <laughs> Another play in that game. It's at the end of the first half. And the Lions are lining up for a field goal. Razul Douglas looks over. He says his coach is about to call the timeout to do the ice the kicker thing. Well, Douglas is like, okay, he sees his coach is calling timeout. He goes walking down the line of scrimmage in between the O-line and the D-line. And swats the ball out of the center's hand. Because he didn't want the kicker to get a practice kick. Hmm. So some of the lines are kind of pushing on him like, you know, dude, get out of here. So he turns, shoves one of the one of the lines linemen in the face. Here comes the flag, 15-yard penalty. So now you didn't want him to get a practice kick, but you just made the kick 15 yards shorter. Right. So now it's a chip shot. So it's just stupid <laughs> plays. Makes you wonder. Makes you wonder about that game. Yeah. Well, and uh, uh, Jamison Williams after the game, they were showing the players doing all their their handshaking and all that, and you, they they caught Jamison going up to uh, Rogers. Oh. Oh yeah. And asked him, "Can I get your can jersey?" Get your jersey. And uh, Aaron said, "I'm gonna hang on to this one." Right. And the cameras kept fixating on Rogers the whole, uh, you know, after the game, and. Rogers, you could see him just kind of looking around, taking it all in. Then Randall Cobb comes up to him, and they kind of walk off the field and into the tunnel, kind of arm in arm. Right. Or not arm in arm, but <laughs> I know what you arm mean. around yeah, each other. Yeah. Long time so, teammates. And yeah, and, and they're they're supposedly best, best friends. Best friends, right? So it uh, it it had the look and feel of this. I won't say retirement, but his last game 
as a Packer. Yeah, I definitely think I definitely think it's his. It, that was his last game as a as a Green Bay Packer for sure. It just seemed too poetic the way everything was was happening, like you yeah. said at the end of the game. So I really think you know based on hearing seeing that and then hearing some of the the interview that he's given since the game, I yeah. definitely think he's done. And he did done. come out and say, I'm not going to hold them hostage. I'm going to make my decision. And so, I think we'll probably hear something, you know, within the coming days or so. So, so yeah, that was a, a, a good game. The uh, the Jags wound up yeah. beating, the, beating the Titans, so they took the AFC South. You know, they went from being the worst team in the league last year to now being in the playoffs. Quite a turnaround, man. It's I tell you, the the Lions, the Lions with you know, and and I didn't really realize this. The Lions have had three winning seasons in the last decade. Yeah. I, I was thinking this might be their first winning season in decades, right? But still, Dan Campbell obviously has impressed as a head coach, oh, yeah. and then of course, in my opinion, the head coach of the year to me is Doug Peterson. I know he's not going to win it. I don't, yeah. I don't think he'll win I th- it. I think, you know, I think Sirianni, yeah, Sirianni, Sirianni is going to get some votes. I think Dable at the Giants is going to get some votes. Yeah, to me, Peterson turning the Jags around it so was, fast yeah. and, and just the development of Trevor Lawrence, who I can't be happier for. I mean, I've always – it was easy to kind of hate on Trevor Lawrence as an Alabama fan, <laughs> right. you know, through those years. But at the same time – I mean, the talent's undeniable. Yeah, no no doubt the talent and the, his physical, you know, his physical measurements, you yeah. know, measurables. But at the same time, the, the pressure that he's had on – on him, you know, and I'm just happy. I, I mean, Doug Peterson has got to be considered coach oh, yeah, of the year I, in my yeah. book. It's there's there's quite a few to choose from. This, there in, is. In it's going to be tough. Going to be tough. I mean, Dan Campbell could be considered coach of the year, honestly. But I mean, I think the Lions have some really nice pieces. Right. And obviously, the Jags are way ahead of schedule. I think our pre-NFL show. I think I said in in two years they will be in the playoffs. You you, you were you were praising the Jacks, but they definitely exceeded <laughs> that yeah. for sure. I mean, Doug Peterson's amazing. Yeah, and then uh, of course you had the Bills beat the Patriots, so that knocked the Patriots out of playoffs. I mentioned earlier that left it between the Steelers and the Dolphins, and the Dolphins were able to barely. <laughs> it was an ugly game. It was, it was a field, field goal fest. Uh, the final score wound up being eleven to six because of a <laughs> missed uh, extra point. No, because of, at the end of the game, uh, the Jets tried to do oh, that, throwing it, throwing it around, and and it wound up being a safety. safety. Yeah, uh, so you know that was uh, that that put the Dolphins into the playoffs. So supposed to find out Wednesday if uh, if Tua had, can advance in the protocol, but. Uh, because basically, I give them no chance against the Bills in the playoffs. No, unless they have to. Yeah, two is their only only hope. Obviously, you know, two was able to keep the game relatively competitive yeah. in that last couple weeks ago. So, yeah, there's some pretty big, uh, pretty big point spreads this week coming up in the playoffs. I mean, Seattle, San Fran, it's currently at nine and a half. Mm-hmm. Of course, Miami, Buffalo's at nine and a half. Baltimore against Cincinnati's at seven. That's hinging a lot on whether or not Lamar is going to play. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Well, same with the Buffalo Miami. You know, they're yeah. The, the line actually opened, I think, at ten and a half, and I think I saw to late today that it's fallen all the way to nine. Oh, okay. And I would imagine if if they do say two is playing, it'll fall a little bit more. Uh, but yeah. yeah, the you got a, a, a few close ones in in Dallas, Tampa. Uh, the giant, I think the Giants Minnesota is about a field goal. All the experts are picking that as their, their upset special. The Giants. I, I mean, I guess you got to consider it an upset, considering Minnesota's record. Right. But, I mean, the way Minnesota's playing is not necessarily. As a Vikings fan, we're not warm and fuzzy right. over that game, right? Or any game in the playoffs. Well, probably whoever wins that game is going to lose the next week anyway. Yeah, so it's probably it probably pointless. doesn't matter. How about uh, Naheem Hines? That was scripted. Oh, it, was, it couldn't have been scripted any better. I yeah, mean, that's crazy. That was amazing. I mean, I, I actually watched it again today. It's just, I mean, it's pretty awesome watching the reaction of the Bills players on yeah, the sideline. Uh, in the post game, Josh Allen said somebody told him that it was like yeah. the first time in three years and three, three months. months. Yeah. And it happened at 1.03 p.m. Oh, I the mean, number three was all over the yeah, place. Yeah, it was, it was definitely. And and speaking of Damar, his, his fundraiser now is over $8 million. I yeah. mean, and he got to go back to Buffalo. So he was right. he was released from Cincinnati still Hospital. Still in the hospital. Yeah, though. he's still in the hospital in Buffalo, but he's at least back home. So, yeah. And there – I was uh, reading something that said, don't be surprised if he tries to go to the game this weekend. <laughs> I know he did a Zoom Zoom yeah. conference with his with his team. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, it should be uh, – I mean, I can't help but be wanting to pull for the Jags, man. Pulling for the Jags. That's just impressive. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing the GOAT take Dallas out. Well, I, yeah, but I – I mean, I think that game's going to be close. Yeah, I mean, but I don't see – there again, the winner of that game is probably going to lose the next week also. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So but, the, the the coaching carousel has started. You got Rule with the Panthers, Reich with the Colts, Hackett with the Broncos, Lovey Smith with the Texans, Kingsbury with the Cardinals. All of them have been fired. So I got a question for you. Which job is the best? If you're 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 your head coach candidate, who you want? Which job you want? You want the Panthers, the Colts, the Broncos, the Texans, or the Cards? I definitely, I definitely don't. Man, that's 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 a difficult. I think I want the Panthers, man. Just, I mean, I'm trying not to be a homer. I mean, well, we've talked about it for weeks. They're, they're not that far. They're away. not far. They're not far. I mean, and and. I mean, I can I can see you know they pick I think ninth in the upcoming draft. Um, you know, there's I mean they're just so close. They're so yeah. close. I like I like the Panthers. I might would lean to the Colts. Well, they've got they've got some talent. Yeah, they, the and they've got the number four pick, and they may you know if they if they really fall in love with either Bryce or CJ, I can see them moving up. You know, because it won't be that hard to trade from four to one. No, and I don't know because you could you could basically give up another another next pick. year yeah, ne- and, and your next year's and, first round move up, and the Bears just slide yeah. back to four and yeah, and they can still yeah. get Carter or, or Will Anderson. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think I'm. I think I'm. You know, that's why. That's that's what it was down to me. Yeah, I don't. I don't want. The, I don't want the Texans. Don't want the Texans. I don't want Even the cards. They have some building blocks. Yeah. I don't want Arizona. Either. I don't want the because you know. I don't supposedly want if you look, but if you look at the four at the five teams, he's probably the best quarterback that you'd be inheriting. Yeah, but I don't but, think I would want. But to I think him. yeah, I don't think his ceiling is no, way up there. I don't so, want to inherit. That so I don't want them, and I don't really think I want. The Broncos and, and Russell Wilson, right? I mean, if, if I could if have the Broncos before they made the trade for Russell Wilson, if you're going on specifically on name, then obviously the Broncos and the Colts would be the high. But for me, based on roster depth yeah. of roster, I like the Panthers. I like their yeah. defense. I like their building blocks. Yeah, I like I like the Panthers and the Colts, and I like their I like their draft too because they uh, have two picks in the second. And one, and I think it's the ninth overall pick, and and they could they could potentially package a couple of them seconds maybe, or and move up higher if they truly wanted to go for a quarterback. But you know what, I, I might be willing to sit back and wait on a Hendon Hooker, a Hooker or Levis, or, or yeah. I don't know if you're going to be able to wait on Levis. I mean, a lot's going to depend on his uh, combine right. pro day. I don't think you're well, going to be able you, to sit back and wait I on I mean, you're looking at, at four or five, you know, potential first-round quarterbacks. So Yeah. I um, think Levis and Richardson are two Richardson projects. Richardson is not going to win for you. I think Bryce and CJ could, could start from day one. Maybe Levis, but, you know, I'm – I got to see a little bit of development out of him. Yeah, I mean, I've been diving a little bit more into Levis here in the last few days, and he's a he's a turnover machine. Exactly, that, and that's why I say he's I need to see a little machine. more development out of him. Yeah, but so, uh, so I, I, you know, back to your original question, I'm 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 going Panthers, and that's not being a homer. I mean, I just I I think we we talked about oh yeah, this we, before. We, we, we like their weeks. roster. Yeah. Their defense, man, they're build they they have a dog on each level yeah. of the defense. And so and offensively, I mean, there may be a another receiver. You get them a quarterback and a coach, just I, like the Jaguars we just talked about. I'm still on the I'm still on the Sammy D wagon a little bit, man. I I just feel like at number nine, I feel like you could maybe, maybe pick you with, a OT, another tackle. Yeah. Cause you because you got Iki Aquanu on the left, you get you another tackle. Their line has improved greatly, and that that new tackle could maybe play a guard. And you shore up your offensive line, give Sam Darnold a little more time, get you a couple good wideouts in the second round, or one good wideout, and then maybe a linebacker. Yeah, I think is what they need. Anyway, I mean, I definitely was more impressed with what Darnold was able to do than I was Baker. Yeah, oh yeah. Sam so, Sam looked so yeah, really there, good when he came back. There still may be some hope for Darnold. He's clearly an NFL quarterback. Is he a starter? Don't know yet. But he's clearly an NFL quarterback. Right. He's earned he's he, earned a, at he, least yeah. a two. He might just be he need, might just be a be solid a, two. Might, might need to be in that right situation. Well I mean I think he's never had good protection. Yeah. And well, I mean, he had nothing with the Jets. No. Protection yeah. or weapons. And then the Panthers finally have a little bit of protection this year. And and I think if the Panthers – yeah, so so I would go with Panthers. I got a, I got a question for you. Okay. On the, same, on the same thought process. Okay, you're the Bears GM. Mm-hmm. You're on the clock. What's your move? 
My first move would be to try to trade back, but not very far. I'm, I'm talking three or four. You know, because I think find your quarterback think, need for yeah, another. Yeah, I think you know you got the Colts at four. Uh, who's at three? I can't even remember who's at three I don't right know. now. I can't remember the draft. The draft. Uh, let me let me go to that. But the Colts need know. a quarterback. So do they want to get in front of the Texans at two who need a quarterback? So if I can just move back to four and stockpile some more picks, so you're already saying that. Um, the Cardinals. Yeah, the Texans at two. The Cardinals don't necessarily need a quarterback. So you're looking at the Texans at two, and you're looking at uh, I mean, I the think, Colts at four. I think the Texans clearly are going to go. The Texans are going quarterback. Either they're going Stroud or, or Bryce. Bryce. Whoever doesn't go one, they're going the other one yeah. at two. The Cardinals would go Anderson or Carter. I wasn't super impressed with Carter. And he looked he looked pretty strong last night as I was watching him, but you know it, it, he's going to be another one of those that comes out of nowhere like Walker did last year. Right. You know, he's, yeah, but it, but that's an interior lineman. If you get can get a generational edge rusher, you don't pass on those. Cause that's the second most quarterbacks the number one position right. in the NFL. Pass rusher is the number two, and so. So if if I'm the Bears and I'm afraid of the Cardinals taking Anderson and that's who I want, I just take Anderson number one because it, it it's not uncommon for a generational edge rusher to be a number one pick. I mean, you got Miles Garrett, you got Jadavian Clowney. I mean, right? It's 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 okay to draft a pass rusher. Number oh, one. I I think so too. So those are my two. Things if I'm if I'm okay with with a consolation between uh, Will Anderson and Jalen Carter, then I make the trade with the Colts. But if I definitely want Will Anderson, and the Cardinals are sitting at three, I probably go ahead and take him at number one. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm on board with you on that. I that's clearly I would definitely. Actually, my approach right now, I would be putting it out there that I'm I'm going quarterback. You know, for the next few weeks, right. for the next few months, I'm talking that I'm taking quarterback. Now the I don't know that going to buy that. <laughs> I think the Bears GM came out today and said that he would have to well be a he'd have to really knock my shoes off. The, the to take Bears a have so many needs that they really want to speed up the. The rebuild, you get, you package that pick and get as much as you possibly can because you need ass, you need players all over the field. So, this is probably the smart thing to do. It ain't even focusing on a single player. It's focusing in on getting the most yeah. picks you can for that pick. Right. Well, and I think like what you just said. I mean, I think obviously uh, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are at the top of the list. But Will Anderson he, he's has got to be on talent. everybody's list of, of wants. And that's what makes people it, will trade for him. Yeah, and that's what makes it hard to trade out of that position is because of how good Will Anderson is. If it if he wasn't as good as he was, I would have no problem. I would I would trade yeah. to the highest bidder. Right. I got the number one pick, bring me your offers. I'm taking the best package. 
But because Will is such a generational talent that, yeah, you know, could be a J.J. Watt, yeah, he's got a Miles Garrett, definitely got a chance a Bosa, to affect you know, the game for sure. It's hard to pass up on that kind of skill set. So that, those those are. I know you asked me what would I do. I gave you two scenarios. Well, I, was, I mean, I'm I'm with you. That's exactly what I would do. I would definitely trade out of that spot if I could. But I'm gonna know, have to be blown away by that package. Yeah, you'd have to. You'd have to. I mean, I would. I would be like more entertaining of of maybe moving down to three or four. I don't know that I would really want to move to four because I just don't see the Will see, slipping past. That's the problem. The Cardinals at three who just lost J.J. Watt to retirement. Right. So they need an edge rusher. Yeah, they might be looking to replace him. So, yeah, that that because of the Cardinals being at three, that's why I would probably just go ahead and take Will Anderson number one overall. All right, well, we're, we're getting a little long-winded, which right. I knew we would be we tonight. We always do, we always let's, do. Let's jump into some college football. Was there a game last night? Well, one team showed up. <laughs> one team showed up to play. TCU uh, TCU showed up before the kick. Man, you could see it in their faces. I don't I don't know about you, but I was I was kind of uh, I was pretty set that this game was over after TCU's first offensive series. Well, you know, when they made it 10-7, I thought, okay, Hang in there, kids. Maybe maybe you can give us a good game. But <laughs> after that touchdown, uh, how many more points did they score? Yeah, that would be none. No, it, it was none. It was yeah, it was ten to seven. Yep. And then and then Georgia promptly went down and scored and made it seventeen seven. And then after that, it was it on. was. I mean, it was counting after ten that, seven. It was fifty five points. I did. See, Score barrage. I did see a Georgia punter one time. <laughs> oh, man, that game was ugly, man. T- TCU. So this is these are my takes. TCU wasn't prepared, and I mean, they weren't prepared mentally. I think I think they were beat when they saw the Georgia players on the field. I don't think they were they weren't beaten by no mystique. You know, Georgia, I don't think, has had that mystique nah, yeah, nah. until now. I think clearly Georgia's got that mystique now. Yeah, I, I, I still, I, I still I don't, don't think I, they've got that mystique. I just think, I from what I saw, TCU could not match up with the size, strength, and speed of Georgia. But, man, Mich- Michigan – has size, speed, and strength on their defensive line. And TCU manhandled Michigan up front for the most part. Yeah, but Michigan made a lot of mistakes. But on any given Saturday, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but 65-7, to seven, that to me, and I'm not going to make this about the SEC, but to me it's about the SEC. I mean, right. Georgia, I'm not, a, I'm not a bandwagoner, but if – you know, for those of you watching this podcast that aren't SEC that cry about um, the SEC, you know, gets all this, gets all that, the SEC bias, you saw it last night. It's not a bias, why, it's facts. Why the SEC bias is there with everybody, it's facts. It's, it's size in the trenches, it's speed in the trenches, it's athleticism in the trenches. What's his name? What, 
Jalen Carter. Uh-huh. He ran their running back down sideline to yeah. sideline from the interior line yeah. position. It is speed in the trenches. I got a Big Ten friend of mine. We argue this all the time. The difference between the Big Ten and the SEC, everybody can recruit speed, but can you recruit big speed Big speed <laughs> and waves of speed? Yeah. Like Georgia, for example, they people always say, well, they ran up the score. They ran up the score. You know, this is other games. They didn't, they're, they're subbing from the get-go. Alabama has always, we've always subbed from the get-go. We don't sub whole teams. We sub position by position. Mm-hmm. You're constantly moving studs in and out. I am going to make it about the SEC. Go, go because for I, it. Because I'm tired of hearing, oh, SEC bias, SEC bias. It's not a bias. It's facts. SEC has won four straight natties with three, three different, different teams. teams. It's not just Alabama. Nope. It's not just Alabama and Georgia. LSU won LSU. a championship. Four straight. We've won five out of the last six. That's 83%. We've won 13 out of the last 17. That's 76%. 13? I went all the way back to 2000. Well, I was going to, but I was like... I mean, 13 out of the last 22 years. All right, well, it was 13 out of the last 17 yeah, years. Yeah, well, that's more impressive yeah. for sure. I wasn't cherry picking. <laughs> I went back to, to the U. I went back to Miami's somewhat yeah. of the heyday. All right, so look at look at the playoffs and and the the, the end of the year bowl games. SEC matched up against the ACC champion. Tennessee whooped that ass. The Big Twelve champion, Alabama whooped that ass. The Big Twelve runner up, Georgia whooped that ass. And the Big Ten runner up, which was the only decent game. Of all of them, Georgia yeah. and Ohio State, which Georgia is kind of lucky they came out of that they game. They are lucky, but the, but the Buckeyes, so, the Buckeyes got lucky and, and got lucky early on. Georgia, Georgia manhandled them down. So, the so the SEC's best was four and zero against the Big 12's best and the Big 10's best. Right, and that's all we ever are talking about when we talk. Yeah, yeah. conferences. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit about the the middle no. to the bottom half of no. every it's, conference. It's it's the nobody out there can compete with the best of the SEC, not on a year-to-year basis. Now, again, yeah, there the can game, be an outlier. Yeah, yeah Clemson's exactly. won a couple. Ohio State won one. So yeah, but as a whole the SEC yeah. is by far the best football conference. Those four games I just mentioned, the combined score, ugly, two hundred and four to forty-eight, ugly. And you're talking a Tennessee team that didn't have their Heisman hopeful didn't quarterback. even have their best their quarterback. Exactly. So yeah, don't come at me with any kind of SEC bias. Right. The SEC it's... they get bigger, faster, stronger athletes. Hell, Stetson Bennett last night looked like Michael Vick or Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I think he was faster than everybody on TCU's defense. He was explosive last night. TCU was just, man, they were shell-shocked from the get-go. I think I think they were wide-eyed at, before well, the kick. Well, and and it, it all started with, with their, they brought out a sloppy-looking LaDainian Tomlinson <laughs> at the, ki- at the, uh, the coin flip. Right. 
you know, Georgia brings out Stafford. Stafford, and he looking, he's looking sharp, but he's still playing. I actually didn't mind the look. I mean, he looked oh, like a Texan. He had the cowboy well, hat on. He didn't look he like had the he, long hair. He didn't look like he <laughs> ever played football before. That to me was that to me. They were shell shocked, man. They did not look like they belonged there. They embarrassed the Big Twelve. Well, here's a here's a good way to look at the difference. Both the teams early in the game were running those wide receiver screens that I hate, that Bill O'Brien loves. But they were running those wide receiver screens. Every time TCU would run it, you would see the Georgia guys fly in there and tackle them after no gain, one-yard gain, you know, nothing. Georgia would run those same plays, and they would get 10, 11, 12 yards. That's the difference. Gashing them. That's the difference right there. I mean, it's, you know, it. There's a reason why in boxing, wrestling, MMA, those types of sports, they have weight classes. Because <laughs> you don't want a 150-pound right. guy going up against a 300-pound like, guy. Like when we were coaching youth football, exactly. you had to kind of d- decide who you were going to put one-on-one against each other. That, that, that was you, – You said it at the beginning of the podcast. It was dogs against puppies. It was. You know, there's a reason these international soccer leagues have different tiers. Mm-hmm. Because some teams are just built different. Some teams get the five and four star talent. The other ones are built on three, two, one star talent. And do a hell of a job. And there's job. nothing wrong nothing with that. Nothing wrong with it, huh? you know, And do a good job developing When them. you compete against like teams. Right. You know, TCU competing against like teams, they dominate. They're the best. But when you step up on a weight class or a level, you know, it's like baseball. You got single A, double A, triple A, or you major can, leagues. Or you can use the, the, the wording of the TCU coach, tiers. Yeah. They weren't on the same tier as UGA, and it was obvious right. from the get-go that they weren't on the same tier. There is not one – now, I always look at a, at a big game like that. Okay, how many times would Ohio beat Georgia – out of ten times, one or two. I don't think they would have beat them any. I, I think they well, unless they just caught Georgia lucky, like they did the first yeah, some, forty-five I mean, that, minutes that, of the game. The way that football shaped, it can take funny bounces. One or two, you know. You TCU, can, uh, you can have an injury. Zero out of z- ten games, would they compete with Georgia? With Georgia? Yeah, I mean, zero it, out of ten. Like I said, this postseason showed us why. The SEC's best. Yeah, now, I mean, you can say Wake Forest beat Missouri. You know, oh, Van, you know. It's an average team in the SEC. Yeah, I mean, when you take the cream of the crop from, from all the divisions, the best in the other divisions cannot compete with the best in the SEC. Mm-hmm. It's, it's different. It's different in the SEC. And, and those of you that – like the ACC and, and like the Big Ten and the, and the PAC and the Big 12. I mean, you need to travel to some big-time SEC games because if you haven't seen an SEC game up front and up close, it's different. I've been to Big, I've been to big, big Ten games. But even – It's different. And if you look at – even at the middle of the PAC teams like Arkansas, Kentucky. It's still different. They got those 300-pound linemen. They just don't have as many. That are going to wear on you the yeah. whole game. So, when you go through an entire season again for an SEC, you know, uh, 
what's his name, the the TCU coach. Now I'm pulling a duck. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've already forgot his name, man. Anyway, he was making a comment. Oh, we didn't get to play Citadel, you know, the week before our last game of the season. We had to play Texas. Okay. You did not play an entire season of SEC football. That, you'll never get a Big Ten fan to agree with that statement because I've made that statement so many times. Yeah, you'll never understand. you'll never get a Big 12 fan to agree with that. They don't understand that it's just different in the SEC. I mean, look at Alabama. We struggled and we beat Texas. Granted, Texas had a chance, yep. but we went – I mean, on the we, road and struggle with what seventeen penalties and I mean ridiculous amount. The, the, it took our worst for them to even be in the game. Exactly, exactly. So, but like you said, you know, you you face a you face an Arkansas, and you're still dealing with three hundred pound dykes. Isn't that his name? Athlete, Sonny, Sonny Dykes. Dykes. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I, when the camera rolls, I just freak, like I said, when the microwave goes off anymore, I piss my pants and forget my name. So yeah, it's just different in the SEC, man. I now the how much time we got left? We got time. Yeah, we're we're running along, but we can keep talking. I mean, what the hell? I mean, is do you do we're, you? We're cons- at about fifty minutes. I don't consider UGA a dynasty. I don't think yeah. they're at dynasty level. Yeah, no, they're, they're clearly on the top pump, of the hill. Pump the brakes on the dynasty. They are the team to beat. I'm going I'm to need, need one or two more victories before I, I double my dynasty. I mean, Clemson won two games. Sure. Two, two natties in they three, had a in great three years. They run. Little, little I call them a mini dynasty. A mini dynasty. And where are they now? Now they're struggling. They're gone. They're yeah. struggling. Yeah. Now I think Georgia's built to, to, for longevity. I think they're built to last. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they could become a dynasty. If you want to look at the 2020s, they're the dynasty right now. Sure. You know, they've got two of the three titles. Yeah. Bama's got one of them. But it's still early in 2020. Yeah, I mean. So, give me give me a few more years. You know, Bama play, has played in six of the last eight natties. So, I mean, they've won six of the last – six in, the, in 12 years. Right. Once you start approaching those numbers – then we can talk. Then we can, then we can talk dynasty. But yeah. but just yeah, back to back is a great accomplishment. I think the last team to do that was um, Alabama. Alabama. Uh, but we filed that up with four more. So you know. and and thank you, Mr. Pollock, for for stirring the pot yesterday. Oh, yeah. Pre-game. Oh yeah, yeah. I can promise you the goat. Oh yeah. Was was really dry, was grinding on what you said. You know, you're talking about who the team on top is now. Um, I I hope Nick took that to heart. Man, I'm glad you brought up Pollock because I like Pollock. Sure. But you're on national media. You're supposed to be impartial. Supposed to be. You know, he, he's he's not. He, he never is. I mean, you look at Reese Davis. You look at um, Greg McElroy. You look at. Uh, Kirk Herbstreet, uh, Ty Blackledge, these guys are professionals. Mm-hmm. And you would never know what school they went to or won championships right. with. Or There's tons of people that don't know and, where Fowler went and, to school. And your boy is – No, my boy is a – Desmond, uh, he's a homer. Desmond, when, like, especially when he's doing his picks and stuff like that, he shows a little homerism. He does. But he's not as bad as Pollock. No. L. Duncan, who does sports center. Right. She doesn't even try to hide it. Pollock don't try to hide it either. Yeah. And Maria Taylor, who's no longer on ESPN, but, I mean, you knew 
Yeah. You know, hey, Georgia. Well, since since the last few years now, you knew. Yeah, exactly. They were quiet yeah. before before the run. But, yeah. I, it, yeah. And yes, you should be proud of your alma mater. They, they're doing great things. But you're – But not when you're calling you're games. A na- yeah, yeah. You're, you're in the national media. You're supposed to be impartial. Be impartial. Celebrate off the camera. We don't need it on the camera. It's a bad look for ESPN. ESPN. Somebody in control of ESPN needs to sit these people down and say, "Hey, enough of that." Can't do that, man. Of course, ESPN is a whole another. They don't. They don't care. (laughs) Whole another rant. There's there's no real decorum anymore. I don't think. All that stuff you learned in communications, that shit's out. Well, and and how how close is it? to UGA not winning either national championship. You know, Mackenzie Milton, the UCF quarterback, he tweeted out, if Jamison Williams and Marvin Harrison don't get hurt, Georgia doesn't win either national championship. Now, that's that's an opinion. That's, I mean, it's we, hard. You can't prove right. it. You know, the fact is they did win the games. They got two national championships. All right, roll it back, uh, Ohio State – doesn't miss that field goal. Georgia's not even playing for the Natty. Right. Roll it back even further. <laughs> Alabama doesn't miss their field goal against Tennessee. Ohio State's not even in the playoffs. So I mean, there's these chain of events. Sure, it takes those to get to the so to the dance. you know there's a, there's an element of luck. Yep. Also involved in it. So don't 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 just go tooting your horn horn too much. Right. Yeah, it takes some crazy, crazy ball bounces to get to that national championship yeah. game. Now, it, it was a hella impressive victory last night. Yeah, it was. It was. It was amazing. And TCU, thank you for that. For the worst uh, <laughs> rating, national championship rated game ever. That was that was embarrassing. I, well, and, and you know that brings up another point. You know, everybody said, "Oh, the committee got it right this time." Well, did they? Because the committee was supposed to be put in place so that we don't have games like we had last night. Yeah, but, you know, at the same time, TCU did earn their right in. I mean, they, they had, they had it, less, it, it, less victories. Well, but, but it shows you that not all conferences are created equal. Mm-hmm. Not all schedules are created equal. You cannot just look at win-loss records. Yeah. And I'm glad that the, the, it, it's about to expand. Right, right. Because so, we, would, we would have seen a whole you know, different that, outcome yeah. for sure. Oh, absolutely. And then that way you do get – Hey, you won your conference. Here's your reward. Hey, you were one of the best teams that didn't win your conference. Here's your reward, and then yeah, settle it on the field. Yeah, and it, you know it's also gonna it's also gonna help with uh, people opting out, yeah. players opting out of games. Right. It's gonna. Well, and I've always heard emphasis. that argument. Well, they didn't even win their conference. They don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Well, look at every other pro sport. I mean, there's you, you got just, wild card yeah. team. The Giants were the third best team in a four-team division, and they're in the playoffs. Right. So they that they, they didn't win their division. They didn't finish second in their division, but they're still in the playoffs. So it's yeah. it's about you know it's about creating that competition yeah and it's also you know like look at the march madness which that's exactly yeah i got I, you know i put that in there too yeah exactly it's i mean march you always Ma- have a compelling cinderella story that yeah. advances through and yeah, let somebody you know, get hot at the right time exactly. and, and it and like you said any given saturday a lot of times it comes down to matchups did we get lucky with 
being able to play a team that we have a good matchup against. Right. Because right. I mean, you got teams that match up good, great with some teams, and you got, I mean, look at TCU versus Michigan, and then TCU versus Georgia. Obviously, they matched up better with Michigan than they did Georgia. So right, and it does it doesn't mean because TCU beat Michigan that that Michigan would lose by 80 points to Georgia. Exactly. His exactly. game plans are different. Exactly. And coaches get on the wrong game plan to start for a week. There's so many variables in there. And that's why I've always argued you can't compare wins yeah. and losses to like teams. Right, and no. It's just pointless. Yeah, but a, a lot of people love to argue it those is. points. And... All right, well, I think uh, we probably need to wrap this up. We're about, a, about an hour in. All right, well. <laughs> And we it was tri- an hour of good shit. Though. I, I knew, I knew we were gonna, we were gonna have a lot to talk about tonight. But and it didn't even feel, it doesn't even feel like it's been an hour. No, it doesn't. I mean, I still got more notes on. Oh there, yeah, I mean, I, I could talk about a bunch more stuff, but I, I think we'll just have to save, save some of this stuff for next week's episode. Let's do it. So, yep. you know, we got a sour mash mixer waiting Mictor. for us over, over there at the bar. So let's uh, go over to the bar and mm-hmm. taste it, mm-hmm. and then we'll rate, rate that shit. shit. See y'all at the bar.